podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is the Euro 2020 show and it's episode number five. And yes, the intro song is an absolute banger. The Euros are here and oh yes, there's lots, lots to talk about. Might even have a little rant this evening, um, but uh, lots of emotions over the last couple of days for a, for a wee Welshman like myself. But uh, we're live on Facebook, YouTube. And Twitter, Ace Podcast Nation, of course, you're home to many great shows and series. So do check them out. Give us a follow on social media. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the bell for notifications. And you can get the audio versions of all the shows we do at your favorite radio and podcast platform. Just search Ace Podcast Nation. Well over 450 shows there on all sorts of subjects. A big thank you as well to Black Diamond Sports, uh, who are a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world. They got uh, four more information, should I say. You can visit their social media pages and their website. And I urge you to check them out. They've been a lot of support to the channel and the show. Today's sponsor, Darren Ralston and Bespoke Financial. As ever, very proud to partner up with uh, with Darren and Bespoke. And uh, such a top-class brand. 
providing incredible customer service. They're uh, they're giving away a free will at the moment, £140 with any new policy which is taken out for you guys. So please do check them out. Give them a ring and don't miss out on what is an incredible offer. Tell them we sent you. And uh, as I said many times over the last couple of weeks, support us by supporting our brand partners, the people who are getting behind the show, sponsors and the like. These are the people who are really supporting us as we try to move on to the next level. But uh, let's get into the foosball. Uh, introducing, as usual, my co-host. He is the goal collector, former England under-21s striker, ex-Cardiff and Middlesbrough, Mr Andy Campbell. Welcome, my friend. As I look at you, there's a massive magpie just staring at me by there but anyway sorry mate how are you it's huge yeah yeah i'm, I'm uh, yeah I'm, I'm very good thank you uh looking forward to tonight's show loads to talk about uh but i want to start um just saying a huge massive congratulations to Hartlepool united football club they're obviously a local club to myself um i know the chairman raj very well the manager dave challenger very well uh rose stoker who's just gone into the football club so lots of friends players um and they're back in the football league so like a massive achievement huge achievement well done everybody concerned and and really looking forward to catching a game or two or three next season at the Vic and um, and seeing some league football again because we all know how important football is, I don't we? To everybody who's watching oh, yeah. this massive, show, man. to us, to everyone. So, and that's um, a massive achievement. So, congratulations to everybody. Indeed, mate. Um, I think I don't know much about it, but um, I saw, I heard on the radio, should I say, that uh, there was someone on there ranting about it. Apparently, it was a bit controversial, but I, I haven't seen the game, so I couldn't tell you. But um, apparently, there was a few. Uh, suspect decisions during that game, mate. But I don't know. So, um, but we got plenty of no. suspect suspect decisions to talk about, mate. Plenty of them. Um, but we'll start with uh, Scotland's Billy Gilmore. Uh, he tested positive for COVID following the England and Scotland game, and this has meant that he has got to isolate, uh, as well as mm-hmm. uh, Ben Chilwell of England, Mason Mount of England. And uh, someone just said in the chat, also been announced now that Robertson and uh, another Scotland player have also got to isolate, which is, that's a massive problem for Scotland. Like Mason Mount is a big miss for England, but taking out Gilmore on the back of a really good performance, taking out um, Robertson, who's obviously the captain, their best player, Mm. that's huge going into a game against Croatia, which will, you know, that's not going to be... an easy game anyway, but to go into a game you've got to win and be without those players is is a problem, mate, isn't it? Well, listen, I think we spoke in the preview show about the impact that COVID could have on the team. And I remember talking about Spain and Spain manager split his team into two just in case that the squad got COVID. So he'd have a, a two different 11 so it wouldn't affect um, if something did happen. And Park now thinks that was a really sensible idea, and um, because obviously Scotland now that the, the better players, the bigger players, the the so-called um, Premier League footballers, you know what I mean, Champions League winners, champ- um, Premier League winners, they're going to be a huge miss. You know what I mean? I I just saw Billy Gilmore and the two Chelsea players from England because of um, embracing themselves after after the game, which is yes, it wasn't the right thing to do. Uh, the ball and all three of them have been in a bubble together for the last what nine months, so uh, I, I think they didn't see anything. Um, as a problem, like you probably don't, but it only takes a a, a small issue um, and it's caused a bigger problem. Uh, within the within the Scotland camp, I'm confused and I'm going to explain my point why. I'm confused why it's only three or four players who've got to isolate from Scotland. Um, 
I know you're going to go into going to different points. Um, Scotland got changed in the engine room. Um, must have been in the changing room for at least twelve minutes, if not longer, half an hour, etc. Through the course of the night, um, Billy's obviously contracted COVID, which is a nightmare. We feel really sorry for him. Hope he has a speedy recovery. Hope he's not having really any bad symptoms. Just hope it's 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 mild and he, and he gets back to playing very shortly uh, and can play in this tournament again. However. Why only two or three players? Are they the only ones who are getting changed near him? Um, as, as everyone else doesn't breathe the same air? The whole COVID rules and the regulations are, are really confusing and it's a really good area because Croatia will probably complain that it's not more of the players. Um, Scotland will probably be complaining that more England players should be um, isolating. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a, it's a real grey area and it makes a, a big mockery um, of this tournament really. You know what I mean? We all wanted it on, of course we did, but it... That could have the difference between Scotland qualifying or not. You know what I mean? Now it's going to be an exclusive they don't qualify. Um, and I, I would hate it to happen to England and I'd hate it to, to any country, you know what I mean? But especially one of the home nations, and that could be the reason why you don't qualify because Billy Gilmore's got COVID, which means he can't play. I get that. But the other lads who've got to isolate, you know what I mean? They're sat there with no symptoms, hopefully without COVID, but they just can't play football. And it's going to have a massive impact on, on them and their country come Tuesday night, I believe. Indeed, it's um, it's tricky, mate, isn't it? Because, look, to me, I think, I know the rules and stuff, and it's something to do with, I know what you're getting at, you're saying about, like, they were all inside together in the changing room, etc. But for me, like, Billy, Gol- uh, Billy Gilmore, ma- uh, man-marked Phil Foden for when I tell Phil Foden went off, whenever that was, 65 minutes or whatever, he followed him everywhere, did an exceptional job. So regardless of whether they're outside, it's not like they're meeting in the park and they're socially distancing and they've got some of them have got masks on. Like they're all over each other for 90 minutes, wrestling for the ball, grappling for the ball. It was quite a, you know, it was quite a that sort of game as well. So for me, yeah. I don't really understand how you can separate who's like if like you were saying, Mason Mount and Ben Chilwell, because they embraced him. Well, if you go back and watch all the corners. Billy, Billy Gilmore yeah, would have been I, embracing I, one England player or another every time England had a corner because yeah, that's just I, 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 the I way football the, is. I don't, I don't know the regulations. I don't know how who's decided that these players can't play. Um, one player I can guarantee you didn't get um, anywhere near anybody. That was Harry Kane. So Harry Kane should be allowed to play every game because he didn't get anywhere near anybody. So that's a that's a bonus for England. Um, but in all seriousness, um, I would love to know why and why these players are the ones who were picked out. You know what I mean? Because mm. like you say, but we've said that we've said this in the Premier League though. You know what I mean? That um that I mean, it was Harry Maguire I think we use as a as a real example that Harry Maguire gets touched tight everyone, attacking and defending because that's just the way he plays. And when there's COVID restrictions and people are saying that, that you know a lot of shake hands but on a corner you can get touched tight and you can grab all the people you can grapple and you can be there for, yeah, it for longer. Sense, it does it does it does make it does make a little bit of a mockery about, about why they're making one rule, but then the regulation of a corner, for example, or a set piece or some kind of contact free kick, it could be somebody li- lying on top of another person doing a game. It, it's just yeah, it's a very it's a very grey area for me. Yeah. So I wanna quickly just address them in mate. Um Leslie's having a moan in the in the comments because we we made our predictions for England Scotland. All three of us were wrong. That's yep. what what's what we've got to do. We've got to make our predictions of how we think the game's going to go. We all thought England were going to win because England have got better footballers than what Scotland have. They've got more depth. They've got yep. more quality. They've got yep. more Champions League players. Didn't work out like that. Mm-hmm. Scotland were excellent. We gave them loads of credit on Monday. Uh, on yep. we gave what well, we gave them loads of credit. 
because they've been excellent. I say nice. This is the first show since the Scotland game. But we've said we've we've said we've said over the course of time how, how good a players they've got. My point with so-called England fans who don't back their country. <laughs> I think I, I'm back. I, I think I'm back. Am I back? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, back. Yeah. You, I am back. Every single, I nearly did. Every single Welsh fan backs their country 100%. Win or draw, they back their country. And do you know what? I fully, I, I respect that so much. You know what I mean? Because they wear their, um, they wear their um, heart on their sleeve and they die for their country. And do you know what? That's absolutely fantastic. Don't be saying you're an England fan if you don't support your country where you're born. You know what I mean? For me, that is absolutely despicable. You know what I mean? Yes, you might not want them to win because you've got certain players in the team. I don't care less. I care about England because I'm English. My daughter is Welsh, so I support Wales as well because of, because of that reason. What I'm not having, I'm not having people coming on and saying that we're wrong. We made a prediction. I'm not wrong. I've just made a wrong prediction. I'm an England fan and I support England win, lose or draw. End of. Absolutely. Spot on. No, look, it is what it is. Like, if at the end of the day, like <laughs> Harry Kane was absolute garbage again, and oh, he's awful again. He was. We, me, and you talked like over text, didn't we, during the game? Like, he's a real problem for England at the moment. Yes, they're not good. giving him. They're not giving him service, which is a problem. But he's not doing anything else either. Um, is it like a match system? Could be anything, mate. I don't know. But England do have a problem with. The Harry Kane thing. Man City apparently made a hundred million pound bid for him today. If I was Tottenham, I might be snapping his hand off because I tell you what, he oh. looks like maybe he looks like a player who has been affected by a long term injury. You know, and that can pass, of course it can, and he can get back to full fitness. But we've also seen over the years of watching football when a player has a serious injury, some players don't get over it. Like one player which springs yeah, to mind is Alan, Alan Smith for United was just starting to live up to his potential and perform for United, broke his leg. I know it's a different injury, but he broke his leg and he was never the same again. You do what you do that? never what know. Listen, I I um I, I really I really hope that we're talking um a different conversation on Wednesday and, and how he's performed and Gareth's potentially stuck by him. But part of me thinks that he doesn't just stuck by and someone else is said he takes his place. But Harry, the, Harry Kane, the footballer, has had a wonderful career, he's had a wonderful season. Um, however, you judged on you're only as good as your last game. And you're only as good as your last game is he's been brutal the last two games. You know, I, I, we, we, we spoke, like you've just said, about um, the, the, the price tag distraction, the injury distraction, the captain distraction. For me, he's got too many distractions to play well. You know what I mean? There's too many things. What do you think of that from keeping there? Do well. So, do you think. Um, um, that's I, not I think, help him, I, I think any transfer. No, and I, and I look at the Jaden Sancho one as well. That there's a reason why Jaden didn't come on at the week uh, on Friday night, right? And I, and I'll and I'll and I'll throw this one out. Um, Gareth sees these players in training, yeah. So you'll see Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho's head will have been turned with all the talk he's going to Man United. Harry Kane's well, head will have been turned, and his performance levels will be t will be changing because because of this. Why would Harry Kane doesn't want to get injured? Because this is a one once in a lifetime ch chance. For him to move to Man City or to Man United or to whoever, he won't get. I got told ever that. Um, I got told, and you know who told me, um, that yep. Jaden Sancho has got a medical with Manchester United this week. 
like which I think is so wrong to have that during the Euros. Because simply put, the transfer window is not open, is it? I don't think the transfer window doesn't open uh, until players, after the Euros. Players, players contracts or well, players contracts are running out. They run out during the during the Euros, so they should run out in a week's time or just less. Yes. Which is wrong. Yeah, it is then absolutely. You, um, on another way side, that um, De, um, Depay, Depay is just signed for Barcelona. His confidence yeah. levels throughout this tournament has been outstanding. Another goal today, I know we're going to talk about it, but he's he's been consistent in every single game, and he's he, he's had his move potentially going to Barcelona. It's, it's been ratified. It's gone through. So there's there's one which which can can be a, a positive sign. But they didn't pay any money for him. It's a free transfer. It's a different scenario. Hundred million pounds is a lot of money to be slapping in on a um, during the Euros. On a player who's struggling as well for form and everything, okay. it just puts more pressure yeah. on him, doesn't it? Um, just wanted to quickly yeah, totally. say as well, um, Andrew Williamson uh, just put a message in the chat. Said he missed the game on the weekend. Uh, he was in hospital, getting ready for a hospital procedure. Uh, best wishes, Andrew. Hope everything's all right and uh, everything went well, yeah. mate. And you can enjoy the rest yeah. of the tournament. Um, so last night we had uh, Italy versus Wales. Uh, it wasn't the most enjoyable game to watch, but I got to say. Italy no. and Netherlands, mate, they're the two teams to me which have stood out because the reason they stand out to me is they haven't got like that one star player. They haven't got a Ronaldo or a Harry Kane or whoever, or a Gareth Bale or a, a Ramsey or a, they like, yes, Depay has gone to Barcelona. He's a very good footballer, but they haven't got like that one player who everything depends on. Both Italy and uh, Holland to me. Look, the most dangerous teams, and out of all the teams I look at, they're the two teams which I wouldn't want to meet in the knockout stages at the moment. Oh, listen, I I thought they were fantastic against today. It's the it's the everything everything starts with the manager. The the, the, the squads picked by the manager uh, and his staff. Um, the tactics are picked by the manager, the team, etc. Those players know exactly what they're doing under Roberto Mancini. He looks very relaxed on the touchline. He's a very animated character. He looks so relaxed. His team knows exactly what they're going to do. Um, def- they look set up. Midfield-wise, they hit the ball really well. What I liked is about, about what he did yesterday, Mancini, is, um, is that he kept his spine of his team the same. So he had, uh, he had Benucci, he had Jorginho, he had the goalkeeper. Um, yes, he changed his centre forwards because I think I think it would have, would have been a little bit of suicide if he hadn't because of um, because of how fresh he needs to keep those and those guys needed a chance and I think yeah. they took it because I thought they did very well. I thought Chiesa was was very good. I, I was surprised how good some of the players were who haven't played the first two games. Uh, they look really fit. They look really fresh um, against a very stubborn well side. By the way, I think um, I know we spoke um, at length. Um, Worried at times, um, excited at times, uh, nervous at times. I think uh, Robert Page got his tactics all wrong for me. Um, when he when he decided to pick his players, I think his players dictate his tactics. And for me, you've got Aaron Ramsey. He needs to be bombing on. He needs to be going forward. He had a couple of half chances. Gareth Bale didn't get in the positions apart from the chance that he missed. Um, I don't see why Keith Moore came on second half. You know, I, I think he was a he got himself he got himself in some. Dubious areas as well with uh, aerial battles with with Italian defenders who are very clever, um, who might have got him a yellow card and might, would have been an absolute disaster for Welsh football. Um, I'm on the fence about the about the red card, uh, Amvadu's red card. I've seen it again today, and my opinion today is different to yesterday's. Yesterday's I thought it was a red card. Um, I thought it was very silly. Uh, I thought it was reckless. But then he 
just stamped on his foot. So, but then part of me thinks if they stamp down, pardon the pun, by the way, um, if they're trying to stamp down on those kind of tackles, it's got to be a red card. But then you see those tackles all the time. Alaba made one on um, in the last game, in the second game, and he, he didn't get a yellow. It was just a penalty. So it's 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 it seems to be one rule for one and one rule for another sometimes. Yeah, with the sending off, I think he didn't help himself by going in with his right foot. If he'd gone in with his left foot, I feel like he would have been at a di- his body would have been at a different angle, and it wouldn't have looked as bad. In real time, I thought it was never a sending off. The replay looks worse because you know it studs yeah. down, but but he didn't go in studs up, you know, like a like a leg breaker. It was more of a it was just that was where his foot landed. But you you just can't like. You know, British teams years ago had to learn in Europe. When you play in Europe and you've got European referees, you have to adapt the way you tackle. You can't just tackle the same way you do in the Premier League or the, you know, the Championship. And he'll learn from it. It is what it is. Um, in terms of the tactics, no, but sorry, mate, if, if, no. No, you, you look at his foot. Though, his, his foot wasn't up. His studs weren't showing. You know what I mean? His, his foot down. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a it's, difficult one. You see a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If and that, I think if that, happen, if, that happen, if, if that happened to Gareth Bale or to Ramsey, do they get straight back up? They're not rolling. Well, made Gareth Bale been on, by the way. Yeah, Gareth Bale's been battered in every bloody game, and he's got nothing, no free kicks. But you know, it is it is what it is, I guess. In terms of the tactics, mate, um, how long have I been saying on the Championship show and the football show? You play the a formation and tactics that suit the players that you have available. And the players you pick from those available players, you don't pick a formation that you want to play and force those players into it because it never works. Mm. And that, and we saw it again. We saw it in the build-up to the tournament with Wales. Um, there was a few mind-boggling decisions from Robert Page. I thought um, yesterday, and yes, he got away with them largely, but ultimately, they could have cost Wales big time. Like bringing on Kiefer Moore, to me, there was no need to play Kiefer Moore yesterday. Like, unless we were getting thoroughly, like it was 3-0 and it was looking a bit dubious. Yeah, and you just needed a pinch win. But, like, what was the point in taking Tyler Roberts? Literally, like, that was the perfect opportunity when he brought Kiefer Moore on to bring Tyler Roberts on. The other option, the other thing I didn't understand is, and look, I've criticised Joe Morrell um, a little bit in the first game, after the first game. Like, why did he bring Joe Morrell off, who's not on a booking, but yeah. brought, but kept on Joe Allen, who is on a booking, when mm. you needed a holding midfielder, so one of them had to stay on. So I just didn't really yeah. get that. I thought, you know, bring Joe Allen off. The last thing you want is to lose any big players. Um, on the plus side, I thought Chris Gunter was uh, excellent, and I thought that he oh, brought um, the best out of uh, Roden. And I really believe that um, Chris Gunter should start in the knockout stage. Um Reese just says moral had an awful game. I don't disagree with um, what Reese is saying there. I just think, in terms of planning for the next game, Joe Allen should have come off way earlier than he did just because he was on a booking. Mm. Like, you've got players I, I, on the I, I, bench. You've got Harry Wilson, you've got um, Brooks, you've got all these different players who play different positions. You've got to use, mm. utilize that squad. And, and bringing on Kiefer Moore and risking that. Our one out and out striker who scores goals for us, Tyler Roberts, is a bit of an unknown, you know, for Wales. Um, but he's played Premier League football all season, so he's no mm. mug. 
to not bring him on, I thought, Ooh. was a bit of a slap in the face. Like, Wales have only taken two out-and-out strikers. So, if they do decide not to play Kiefer Moore or he gets banned or suspended, you either play Tyler Roberts or you move Gareth Bale up front or you play this horrendous false nine, which doesn't suit any of the players. Yeah. No, listen, I, I totally agree. I look at I look at Joe Allen. Joe Allen's a fantastic footballer. And when I say mm. footballer, technically very good on the ball. When you're playing against Italy, you don't have the ball. It's about defending. It's about keeping your shape. It's about being strong. You know, what I mean, for me, I probably would have looked at bringing a centre half and just sticking him in front of the centre half just to protect winning headers, winning second balls, getting in someone's faces. That's what I think. That's what that, that game was crying out for. And when a centre forward for me, I think he played in Wales' hands a little bit. The target man on because they love that aerial aerial duels. They love yeah. battling. They love fighting. They don't like the older players. Don't like running in behind. They don't like pacing behind. And we didn't get enough. And when I say we, by the way, because I am, I feel as I am Welsh because of, because of the love I get in here. We have enough um, balls over the top. Um, if we can get balls over the top, a, a, a Tyler Roberts, a, a Gareth Bale, for example, a, a, a James. You know what I mean? James, I feel really sorry for. He put so much into a game and he's came off all, th- all three times. And I think he looks a little bit dejected. He looks a little bit frustrated. Um, he's getting down the line. He's crossing balls in. There's nobody in the box because we haven't got a centre forward. So... What's the point of playing Daniel James if you're not going to put a centre forward in the box? So you might as well sure. just shut up your play defensive, play maybe um, a Nico Williams on the left hand side and put a left back behind him. Well, you know here's I mean? the thing, mate. I felt sorry. I felt sorry for a couple of players. That was all. After the sending off, if you're not going to bring on uh, Tyler Roberts, why not stick Gareth Bale up front or uh, or Daniel James with? the hope that you can get a ball over the top to them. And instead of playing a target man route, like they did with Kiefer Moore, so what that was the out ball, was trying to get Kiefer Moore to hold it up. How about you stick Daniel James up front and you try and play the ball, you know, in the channels and that be your out ball. Like, it doesn't have to be, oh, we've only we've got 10 men now, so we need a target man to just lump it up to. There's other ways to, to play out and to get rid of, you know, to get the ball at the other end. Um, but Tyler Roberts, I totally, Robert, I totally yeah, agree. He must I, be sick, mate. I got to be I honest. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, I, I totally agree. Listen, I'm, I, I, I would hate to play that target man role. I would hate to be battered for a full 80, 90 minutes. It would be, it must be a nightmare. You know what I mean? But if you can, if you can keep the ball in over the top in the in the channels behind the centre halves and, and and keep the ball up front, it takes the pressure off the defence. Italy can't score and can't cause you problems if you've got the ball up front. You know what I mean? The can keep more going of it. Yes, he tried. He got all of it. He had Jorginho stepping on his toes. He had. Uh, he had Benucci coming around him to tackle him. He had three or four players around him because he didn't have any support to come and to come and help him out. And I felt so sorry for him at times. And I just thought he was very isolated. Um, the sending off obviously didn't help him. But um, I just think sometimes you, you, your plan A turns into a plan B and your plan B has got to turn into a plan C very quickly. And um, and the others, that, that's the scary thing about it. They have the players to do that plan as well, but they didn't execute yeah. it. Well, they didn't well, this use is, the personnel. This is my problem with it, is that... We have the players to change it up. We have the players to do something different, but we don't seem to want to use those players and we don't seem to want to mix it up with the players that are on the pitch. So, like I said, the example being stick Daniel James up front and play it into the channels instead. Yeah, um, yeah a little bit frustrating. In terms of the next game, you know, things, hopefully they'll go back to the same, the other formation. I would probably put, I would put Gunter in there. I'd bring Nico Williams in there at fullback, and I would have put Ampadu in alongside Joe Allen. However, he's suspended, which gives you a problem because 
I do agree with the people who's in the chats who've been saying Joe Morrell hasn't been great. I thought he did. I thought he had a good game against Turkey, um, but I didn't think yeah. he was very good against Italy, and I didn't think he was very good in the first game. But they could also move Ramsey back alongside Joe Allen and have him break from deeper and then slot in David Brooks or Harry Wilson. Who could, I think Harry Wilson offers them something different because he presses so quickly and, and so high up the pitch. And I think Italy actually, without their regular centre-backs, obviously one didn't start, one came off. I think they were there to before the sending off. I think we could have got at them a bit more. And, um, you know, we had the pace, yeah, we had the, the nous to do it. But once the sending off was, you know, that was, it was just going to go. It was always about keeping it to 1-0. But um, impressed by Italy, uh, almost as much as I'm extremely disappointed by how Turkey... Uh, the turkey but, was turned up in the tournament. Oh, listen, I, I, I really don't get that nation. I, do, I don't get what's happened to them. Uh, I think they've they've really let themselves down in three games. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, even the last game, so normally you get a little bit of a, a reaction in the last game that you that you want to hit them with a final win just to give some for your fans. And again, Switzerland started five minutes. You know, what I mean, look at the, look at the Wales, the way that Wales started against them five minutes again. You know, what I mean, this early start. Turkey just didn't start any of the games very well at all. Um, and when you don't start game and the games are in a continuation, it's just so hard to try and turn those performance levels around. And what comes with performance levels is goals. What comes with goals is results. And they've let far too many goals in. They haven't scored enough goals. Um, and yeah, it's been a really poor tournament for them. And um, uh, we've got Turkey. I think it's um, looking like that they're going to be um, going to be the worst team in the tournament. And I didn't think that, that they would be anywhere near the worst team in the tournament. Well, Turkey were my um, tip to you know have a little bit of a, an underdog run because I really thought they'd do quite well. I thought it felt like they had some decent players. Um, I think the Swiss have quietly gone about their business quite well. Um, and I thought they were very good again last night from what I've seen of the highlights. So I'll be interested to see how they get on because obviously they should, I think they should go through as the, one of the third place teams, which means they could end up with a difficult game. It looks as if Wales will get, um, I think it's Russia is most likely. Russia. Um, Russia or Denmark, isn't it? Yeah. You'd, I, 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 on paper, I think, oh well, yeah, I'd much rather play Russia because Denmark, I thought have actually looked quite good at times, but, Russia will have a massive point to prove against Wales. They were really embarrassed and hurt by their 3-0 loss in the third group game back in 2016. Like we, it should have been about 6-0 at halftime. Like we really embarrassed them. And I just think that psychologically, if we get Russia, everyone will kind of go, oh yeah, that's the easier game. And I don't necessarily think it is, but all the games are going to be difficult. Um, If Switzerland do go through, as uh, one of the third place teams, do you think they could have a sneaky little run a bit further on? They got a couple of good players who seem to be hitting the ground at the right time. Yeah, listen, I, I, I know we uh, we had a brief chat uh, over the phone when uh, obviously during the Wales first game uh, and Ball, I thought was excellent. Jakiwi's growing as the tournament's going on. He had a very good game yesterday. Um, we've got some good threats. Um, yeah, it's def- it's defensively. I would I, I fear for. Them. I don't think they're great. I think they give you give you a few chances. Uh, but end of the day, we're not talking about a big nation here. We're not talking about the favourites of the tournament. So they've got to be a weakness, and the weakness I do believe is is, is defensively for them. But offensively, 
I think they'll cause them, they'll cause some problems for whoever they play in the next round. I do believe they'll go through on four points. I'll be I'll be gutted if yeah. anyone does go out on four points. Just to clarify, um, it probably won't be Denmark. It'll be Russia or Finland by the looks of it, because Denmark have gotten zero points, which obviously we've discussed how oh, that's yeah, wrong. Get three, yeah. So when I look yeah. at that on paper, I probably would rather play Finland. But I, ultimately, they've got some good players. Um, and yeah, Will Volks should be or in that it, or, squad, it could be, or it could be Belgium, though, couldn't it? Because if Belgium lose tonight against Finland... Yeah, they could all go wrong, and Wales could be playing Belgium in the next round, which I don't want to do at the moment. But you're going to have to play those teams at some point anyway. Well, we've yeah, beaten them before. Said, yeah. Why not? Totally um, and the pressure's all on them, isn't it? Um, mm. Just trying to find... Craig, I think it was. I, I apologise if it wasn't Craig. Um, but Will Volks should absolutely be in that Wales squad because he would slot in now for morale. He should have been starting in front of morale anyway, but he would slot in perfectly into that role now with Ampadu uh, suspended. So that's a bit frustrating. But there we go. Um Yes, yeah. so um, we just had uh, Holland versus North Macedonia and Ukraine versus Austria. Tell, just tell me what, sort of what stuck out for you there in those games, mate. Um, how strong um, De Boer put, put his side out for, for Holland. I, I couldn't believe that the, the strength of his side, the, 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 the core. You know what I mean? He had one. Uh, all with the time. So I've uh, been very impressed with them going forward. They're back, defending, I'm not sure. They were, they were, they were caught out a couple of times. I watched, I watched the game, I thought Macedonia, North Macedonia, sorry, I thought they were they were okay uh, at times. You know what I mean? I thought Pandev led the line really well. Um, but I think... Uh, Shout out to him, mate, as I well, like by the way. He's been whoever, around... whoever gets Holland is going to be here. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. Just on Pandev, looks like it'll career. be his last Fab, Fab last uh, tournament game, whatever. Well, player, um, yeah. I really uh, like one of the true legends of the game, mate. Um, I'm a massive fan of. Um, I forget. I can't pronounce his name. The the guy who scored two for the Dutch today plays for them. Um, Win Winaldum. Yeah. Oh, what a player, mate. And I think uh, he'll be a big loss for Liverpool. Um, I got to say. Uh, because he looks like he's going to be going, or if he hasn't already. But um, I thought he was very impressive again. But you're right, mate. Holland showed a tremendous amount of respect to the rest of the group, Macedonia, because they're through already. But I also think it's something to be said for, for having momentum. They're playing well. They're scoring goals. Why change it? Why not keep going and keep scoring goals and keep going and going and going? Makes sense. Well, that's that's I, me, I, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. And, and we've we've spoken about 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 resting players and taking players out of the firing line. But if they've got no yellow cards and they're feeling good and they're feeling fresh and they're confident, you've got you've got Depay who's just signed for Barcelona. Go and go and fill your boots. Go and score another goal. Go and get yeah. that golden boot potentially in the tournament. You know what I mean? You've got Ronaldo who scored. That's his third goal as well. He scored one in the first game, two and two today. Um, you wouldn't like to go and play Holland, you know. I mean, the way that they attack, you know what I mean, and, and you've got to remember as well, Van Dijk would walk into that team, would make them strong defensively, and that could probably give them a just a, a more secure unit as a, as a team. And they could be they could be in the reckoning over the next few years. By the way, if they continue to play and they could get a, probably another centre forward or some more attacking options next to the pie, I think they would be frightening, frighteningly scary. And you know, Ajax are going to produce some young players. Oh. And so yeah you know they're coming um austria talk talk to me a little bit about this i mean you talked about david uh al baba on uh, the weekend we thought he was 
borderline disgraceful. Uh, he was out of position, yeah. but uh, we also mm. criticised his his attitude, his performance, pretty much everything. I thought he was really bad, um, mm. and it, and they look lost without him. Uh, you know, in the right position, um, was he any better today from what you saw? Um, I watched bits. Um, I thought he was a lot better. Um, I thought the team was a lot better. I thought they were. I thought they were solid as a unit. It helps when you get a goal in the first half and you've got something to hang on to because a point would have been enough for both teams. Uh, would have gotten both on four points. Uh, I thought that was a nailed-on draw because it probably was, could have been set up. Um, but when you're ahead one nil, you want to look and go. Maybe uh, take a little bit of a risk to get that second goal, and if uh, if, if you draw the game, you've, you're still going to be throwing four points and. I think Austria will be one of the weaker links in the tournament. Um, I think teams will teams will probably enjoy playing them because defensively, depending on where Alaba plays, if he plays centre half, get at him. If he plays in defensive midfield, then as long as you can keep him quiet on the ball, you've got an opportunity. Um, but yeah, disappointing for Ukraine because uh, we spoke about Ukraine that they scored, been scoring goals, they've been creating chances. Yes, they let three in against Holland, um, but uh, disappointing that they've gone, basically gone out. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, but. They've kind of underwhelmed a little bit, haven't they, Austria? Um, can't really work out what they're trying to do with Albaba, to be honest. Uh, it's just a weird one. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is, I suppose. Um, then tonight we've got uh, Finland versus Belgium and Russia versus Denmark. Now, this, mate, is a fascinating group because you've got, yeah, obviously, Belgium come to be uh, sat there. Then you've got Finland and Russia both on three and Denmark on zero. If Denmark win, then you've got three teams on three and uh, away we go. So I'll be very interested uh, in terms of uh, you guys in the chat. Who um, who are you looking forward to seeing over the next week or in the last group stages, uh, group games now? Um, obviously, we've got the England-Scotland group tomorrow. Um I miss having three games a day. I gotta say, it's uh, it's I I got used yeah, to having three games a day. So yesterday, Me when too. there was no two o'clock game, and today I was like, "Where's the two o'clock game? What's going on?" Yeah, well, I was yeah, not happy. But um, yeah, that Denmark group, mate, I was saying, is uh, it's quite fascinating because you know Belgium through on six, or most likely through, and then you've got Russia, Finland three, and Denmark on none. If Denmark win, you've got three teams on three makes it incredibly close. They're all, like, Russia's goal difference is minus two, but they're second in the group. Finland's goal difference is level, and Denmark's is minus two. It's very, very mm. uh, I'm, just interestingly sucked. It goes, it goes on head-to-head? -head. Does it go on head-to-head? -head? I believe so, yeah. I'm not if it goes on head -to -head, then sure, mate. So if it goes on head to head, then Denmark are out anyway because they've already lost to Finland. So Finland would finish in second place anyway, which would. But then they, but then yeah, so Denmark could still finish third though, couldn't they? Because they, if they would have beaten yeah, yeah, Russia, yeah, yeah. if they beat yeah. Russia heavily, yeah. they'll their goal yeah. difference and their head to head will take them above Russia. But Russia, Russia and Denmark have they're, got the same goal position. difference, and that's the interesting thing. They're both but, on minus two. But if. If it does go on head-to-head, -head, it makes the Belgium-Finland game also just as important because if Finland beat them somehow, or, or Belgium rest a few players and want to finish second, for example, then all it takes is, is a win for Finland and, the, and, and they, they leapfrog the group by head-to-head, by -head, which 
if I think you judge only three games on you could score ten goals and still finish second. For me, that's not right. You know, what I mean, you judge only three games. It's a it's a collective uh, performance. Yeah. You can't just judge it on one game because that's that's where that's should be goal should be goal difference, shouldn't it? Yeah, Absolutely it's all in one game, and I, I, I don't like it. Um, I would like to see. Do you think Belgium rest any players? I think they'll try and give Hazard an hour, or at least I would if I was them, and maybe Witzel as well, because they're they're two such yeah. important players who haven't played a lot of football. Give them an hour, and then wrap them in cotton wool for the group stage, uh, for the knockout stage. Um, but I think same as De Bruyne, probably, same, same as De Bruyne. yeah, De Bruyne would probably give him a half. De Bruyne needs an hour. You know, probably needs an hour to go and uh, go and tame himself. Would you rest? Sure would you rest the Kaku? Fully ready. Would you rest? If I was the uh, Roberto long, long Martinez. Season? If I was Roberto Martinez and um, and Thierry Henry, no, because I, I look at the I look at the outcome potential outcome, and if you lose. You're going to go and play Wales. I wouldn't want to go and play Wales. So, uh, no. Listen, I'd want to. I'd want to. I'd want to. I'd want to. I'd want Lukaku to go and score at half time. Off your Yeah. By the way, I rewatched Wales versus Belgium the other day, and um, the chances which Belgium missed through a combination of great defending goalkeeper, but but the chances they missed was astonishing, mate. That night, um, Fellaini missed a header from like the six yard box in the middle of the goal. And he somehow headed it wide, and look, Wales were out. You know, it's a special, special yeah, night. Yeah. Um, but like Belgium, just missed chance after chance after chance. But that's the sort you know you need that luck again when you're playing against yeah, the, not, the bigger teams. You've football. got to ride your luck yeah. and take your chances. It's the way it's always been with the underdogs, my friend. Um, so let me get your predictions then for um, Finland, Belgium, Russia, Denmark. And in the chat, guys, give um, us some. Uh... Finland, Belgium. I think uh, I think Belgium will still win, even if they do rest a few players. Um, I'm going to mean rest a few players. I'm all about bringing De Bruyne and Hazard in. So yeah. um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go two 0 Belgium um, tonight for that game. Um, I think uh, I, I think Russia will, Russia will win. I think Russia will beat uh, beat Denmark. I don't know why. I think. Uh, I think it's because of the permutations. I think they might freshen things up, and they've had a really tough few weeks. It'll affect players in a different way. I know the the players have done a few interviews as well. So I just think um, Russia will uh, Russia might just turn up today and, and pull a result. Um, to me, uh, Denmark in the first half against Belgium, I thought looked really good. Um, if they play like that against Russia, I'd expect them to win. So I'm going to go with uh, two three one to Denmark. And I'm going to go with uh, Belgium to win 3-1 as well. I think Finland will get a goal. Um, okay, to finish I'm this off, mate. I'm hoping there's loads of goals, gonna... by the way. Yeah. I'm hoping there's loads of goals. Spot on, mate. Love a goal. Okay, um, be right. Yeah. I think KD said 5-1 to Belgium, didn't he? Um, yeah. What I would like to talk about to finish, mate, is Group D, which is Croatia, Scotland, and uh, Czech Republic versus England. I think this group was set up beautifully for a, for some really tense last group stage game shenanigans. And if that is correct, that Robertson is out and, you know, obviously Gilmore's out, that does take that edge off that a bit. However, what I will say is when you're an underdog and everyone writes you off anyway, everyone expects Croatia to win and then you lose a couple of players, everyone writes you off some more. 
and um, the the tabloids in the UK openly mocked the Scottish players ahead of the England game, and I think that probably was their team's. We, you know, we've talked about it before, mate. If you're the manager, you put that on the changing room wall, and they say, "There you go. Yeah. That's what they think of you." Mm-hmm. There's your team talk done. Yeah. Um, Leslie made a good point earlier. He said, "Like I talked up before the show, before Friday show, I had said that Scotland." would get a point or they might even pinch a win. And then when it came to predictions, I changed what my prediction was. And the reason for that was I I had looked at the England squad and the depth and I just felt that if England played well, they would have, should have had enough to beat Scotland. And I still believe that, that they should have enough mm. to beat Scotland in a one-off game. But Scotland were excellent and I believe they are good enough to beat Croatia but I also believe that Croatia would nine times out of ten will beat Scotland. But that one, you need that tonight to be that one day or tomorrow. Sorry, you need that game to be that one game where Scotland get that win. They just play like they did against England. They're full of passion, full of fire, and they've just got to keep going. And can they do that without their captain? Look, Scott McTominay will be captain. He's played in the Champions League finals and all the rest of it. They've got good players other than Gilmore and Robertson, but they are a massive loss. I'm going to go Scotland to win 1-0 versus Croatia. And I think England will have a point to prove. I think Harry Kane will be on the bench. And I think Calvert-Lewin will start up front. I also think Jaden uh, Sancho will probably start. And I think England will win. 2-1. What about you, Andy Campbell? How do you see the games going and results-wise and performance-wise, um, selection-wise as well? Yeah, uh, I'll start with Scotland. Um, I think it's... I'm good, I'm good for them that they're not going to have a real opportunity to um, to show uh, what they can do. Um, I think it's so important they have coordination. Um, you know what I mean? I, listen, they thoroughly deserve their point against England. Thoroughly deserved it. Um but why didn't they put the same level of performance in against Czech Republic? Um, if they put the same level of performance in against against Croatia, they'll beat them. But I don't um, I don't believe they will put the same level of performance in, um, and I think that's why they're going to let themselves down. And I think both going to get them let, let themselves down. I think it's going to be a draw. Um, and I think uh, I think there's so much riding on the game. It's going to be that no one's going to want to lose it. Um, and I'm going to go. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go draw. I'm going to go nil nil. Uh, I can't see many goals being in the game. Um, Croatia don't score many Scotland don't score many um, so I'm going to go nil-nil again but defensively they've done okay both of them put together I think um, England listen, I'd love things to be refreshed I think Harry Kane will play if I'm in all honesty I would love to see Sancho being given a game and drive from the right and, and take people on and put crosses in the box I'd probably love to see another centre forward up front with Harry um, and put crosses in the box. I think it was it was it was set up for me to uh, to put crosses in the box against McTominay against Hanley, but we didn't put crosses in the box. Yes, Harry Kane yeah. didn't play very well, but how many how many crosses did he get in the box? How many how many touches did he get in the box? Who passed in the ball in the box? You know what I mean? Harry Kane versus forward. Scott McTominay, mate. Scott McTominay's a midfielder playing in defence for Scotland. Yeah. Like Harry Kane, one of the best strikers in Europe, should be able to perform better than he did against a midfielder, in my opinion. It's the equivalent yeah, of when Michael Carrick used to play yeah, in centre-back, isn't it? He needs the ball, listen, though, I, I, of I, course. I, I, I've been critical of him, but he, he needs a ball in good areas. And if, if Listen, if we put in 45 crosses and he didn't get on the end of any, any of them, I'm critical. 
this allows yeah. him even more. But he, we didn't put any crosses in the box. We didn't, we didn't give him any anything to thrive on. He had a couple of things outside the box, which he, he took another touch and he gave the ball away. They're the things that I'm going to criticise him for. Right. How many touches did he get in the box? How many times did he yeah. pin the second half? He didn't. Those are the kind of things that he needs to do tomorrow night. Is pin the defender. So if Harry Kane starts for me, if I if I'm starting Harry Kane as a manager, I'm playing Rashford on the left and Sancho on the right because you have to play out and out players who can whip a ball yeah. in, beat a man, yeah, definitely do it with pace, yeah. which means yeah. you've got to change the midfield up a little bit. So if they're your three up top, who are you playing in midfield for England, mate? Put your manager's hat on um, back in the day. I would, uh, I would, uh, I would, I would. I would replace one of the defensive midfielders. I would play, only play Rice or Phillips. If I'm only going to play one, I'm going to play Phillips. Um, and then I would go more offensive because I, I think that we need well, we need to go and win the game. You know what I mean, right? Because we're, at the minute if we draw, we, we finish second in the group. We've got to go and try and win the game. We're at Wembley at home. We're expected to go and attack. So let's give everyone what they're expecting and go and attack the game and go and try and win it. And the only way to try and win it is by attacking. If we need to, if we need to shore things up at the end, bring them back on. Bring an attacking player off and, and shore it up with Phillips or, or Rice and, and or Henderson and, and, and sit and dominate the game. So you go in, you'd go Phillips as the holder and then Foden. Or Rice. Yeah, I'd go and Foden. Then I'd, I'd, I'd go I'd go I'd go I'd go I'd go four one I'd go four one four one four one potentially. You know what I mean? I'd go mm. um I'd go Sancho, I'd go Grish, I'd go Foden, um and I'd go Sterling behind Ken. I'd go the four. I'd just go. I'd go all out attack because we've got nothing to lose. We've got that defensive no. midfielder. I've got the Harry Maguire is going to play as well. I think. Yeah, yeah I think. Hundred percent. I think it was all set up. Yeah, he needs a game. He needs to go and play. But um, but one thing. One thing. One thing I will say about, about England, and I think everyone's forgotten and got a little bit overhyped about about the result and about England being on four points. Wales had four points. Successful. Yeah. France have got four points. Successful. Spain have got two points. Germany at the time had zero points. Portugal three, you know what I mean. So you, you look at the bigger picture. England four points are already through. Portugal might go out. Spain might go out. Um, England tomorrow night might have seven points. It's it's not all doom and gloom. It's weird, yes, they had a bad performance. Yeah, yeah yes, they had a bad that, performance. Yes, they're not playing well. But it's about growing throughout the tournament and, and, and getting better. I'm not, I've never said once on this show that England will win it. I want them to no. win it. Do I think they'll win it? Of course I don't. I'm I'm, I'm a realist. But I would love them to win it, and I, and I hope they do win it because I'm an England fan, and that's just the way I'm built. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's pretty much, I agree with you. I think the media causes a lot more of the problems than the players or the fans or the, you know, the managers do. It's, it's the media with the with articles like what they wrote about the Scottish squad. That's the those articles which just get everyone kind of frustrated and it builds up the hype. Um, so we've got a question for Reese, which I'll finish on now in just a second. Um for me, if I'm England manager, like I said, I'd have Rashford and Sancho either side of Kane, and I'd have Grealish, Scarboy, uh, Grealish, Phillips, and Foden. And if you need to bring off Foden or Grealish for an extra holder, you can do that at any point. The one thing I think people forget with That's Harry Maguire, they they think, oh, he's just a defender who goes flying in. Is what Harry Maguire does exceptionally well is he brings the ball out of defence, which opens up the midfield for those players. And I think um, he should help John Stones, should. But we'll see. Um, so, predictions. Croatia, Scotland, what did you say? Nil-nil. Uh, nil-nil. And then England, Czech Republic, you said? 
I'm going to go 3 0, same again. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get shot Optimistic. down. Optimistic. I think mm. Scotland are going to pinch a 1 0 with a late goal because I don't think there's going to be many goals in that. And no, I, 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 really. I think England, if England pick the right team, I should caveat that with. I think if they play the same team, then they might struggle. And that's not necessarily a criticism of those players. I just think that formation, that, that combination of players isn't quite gelling. So it's not working yeah. properly. And uh, right, to finish us off, mate, Reese asked a question. Um, and he said, uh, Andy, if a manager comes out and says you're starting, even when you're playing poorly, how does that affect you as a player? Can you relax more in training? Or does it make you take your foot off the gas in training? Um, I think it makes you more nervous because you start to worry about the game. You know what I mean? I, 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 I've been there, that you're not playing very well and the manager gives you a vote of confidence and tells the reporters and tells the papers and tells the media that you're playing. And straight away, if it's a Thursday to a Saturday game, you've got two days to worry about a game. But normally you only have a few hours to worry about if you pick. So it's, uh, it, can, it, can, it can be a bad thing. It can weigh on your mind. The pressure can weigh on your mind. Um, sometimes if you're not playing, it could relax you a little bit and you could go and score loads of goals in training. Sometimes the manager might not pick the team till a few hours before and then you, you kept on your toes. You think you're going to play and then all of a sudden you're playing or you think you're playing and, and then it's confirmed. I think it's sometimes it's good to keep it till the last minute. Where telling players early can, I think it can have a negative impact as well as a positive. And, and I look like Harry's carrying loads on his shoulder. Can he handle it? Of course he can. He's a professional footballer who's played at the top level throughout his career. He's England captain. He's scored a ton of goals. He's a very good footballer. But on his last two displays, he possibly doesn't deserve to play. Yeah. Um, Right, guys, thank you ever so much for joining us as ever for our Euro shows and talking the football. We all, we, we do enjoy it. And I'm um, glad to say that the connections have been a lot better the last couple of shows as well. Yeah. And um, check out uh, the Downey Batten Fight Show from last night. We had Cage Warriors Flyweight. Uh, Lee Mitchell join us. That was a good one. And, um, of course, Rodri Giggs is joining us on Wednesday. And uh, David Giles, is he? Is Gilo joining us Friday, mate? He is, isn't he? I think because this Friday, week is yeah. a full week, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So Rodri Wednesday, Gilo Friday, and um, you never know who might turn up later in the tournament. But we'll see. We'll see. Got to keep these people guessing. Um, yeah. As ever, guys. Really, really, thank you for uh, all your support and everything. Because um, I know it's a lot. Like three four shows for me a week is uh, I appreciate your commitment to us as much as uh, our commitment to you, the people, but um, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep churning it out. I've got a very interesting phone call to make tomorrow, Andy Campbell, but um, let's see where we go. And um, yeah, nice one guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate all Enjoy the, the game. nice comments. And uh, I oh, also appreciate, just very, very quickly, I just want to say thank you to Reese, Donna, uh, and a couple of others, Matthew, who all jumped in the MMA from boxing show last night. They stayed for like pretty much the whole show. They had no idea what any of it was about. They were asking like <laughs> loads of questions and stuff, and I was loving it. And um, I really uh, appreciate class. that because that's dedication, mate. That is, yeah, it that's, is dedication. Uh, that's brilliant. the hardcore Ace Nation Army, mate. I love, I love it. That. And, um, I love that. Yeah. After the Euros, mate, we'll get the patron up and running so we can reward these people properly. Thank you, guys. And um, you take care. We'll see you Wednesday. Don't be late. This tune's an absolute banger. Love it.
Network.